You're listening to TFM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Hello and welcome to TFM's local watering hole, and I am just one of your hosts, Matthew Rushing, and with me, of course, as she is pretty much every single week, the one, the only possible double, triple, I don't know how many different types of agents, Christy Morris. Yes, uh, I am back, and uh, that's a pseudo agent. That's what I do, you know, because I could flip flop oh, at any time. Okay. Okay, that makes, I guess, some sense. So, and I have fighting great. skills. Um, oh, well, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, you can't be some sort of secret agent without incredible fighting skills, which I'm so glad that you have. But uh, Christy this week has dragged me into the world. That's right. It's her fault. Of I Spy. And so we are going to be covering that. Uh, but before we dive in, just a reminder, of course, you can uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this, and that way you'll get all of our episodes as soon as they come out. So you can also help the show uh, by sharing us all over social media. Uh, you can find us on X over at the 602 Club, on Instagram at the 602 Club TFM, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash trackfm. So interact with us, follow us in all of those places, share us with your friends. You can also find us on the Listeners Only Discussion Group with the Babel Conference on Facebook. Uh, just type Babel into the search field. You'll be able to find us there. And then, of course, as well, talk to listeners from all the world. And you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash trekfm and make sure that all of the different shows keep coming to you uh, each and every week. So, uh, Christy, I am actually just kind of interested in this. Um, it's not even on our outline, but it was just something that I was thinking of Um and we talk about this, obviously, frequently when we talk about films. But where did you, like, first discover this movie? And kind of what made you think, oh, I've got to make Matt watch this? Well, this was another from my dad's library of films. Um, this was something I saw when it first came out. Um, I believe, I don't know, I don't think I ever saw it in theaters. I'm pretty sure it was like a... No, it did go to theaters. I was going to say direct to video, but maybe it's not. Um, no, it came out in 2002 and it was yeah. definitely in theaters. Yeah. So. so we would have seen it once it was no longer in theaters. Um, mm -hmm. And just something that my dad and I decided to check out because it had Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy. Um, mm. And, you know, had a bonding moment seeing a spy related movie. Um and then, you know, I dragged you into this because you said you had never seen it and I brought it up in passing and I was like, well, now you have to see it. Yes, yes, you did. So, yeah, <laughs> this is one that I just missed back in the day and uh, I I don't think it was, you know, necessarily for any specific reason. You know, back in 2002, um, I was in college and so, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed going to the to movies, 
but I wasn't going to necessarily get a chance to see every movie with a busy schedule. And so uh, I definitely missed this one growing up uh, and at the time period that it came out. So um, and this is also I was really shocked in, in a lot of the ways, you know, like Man from Uncle. Uh, this is also a movie that had started off as a, a 1960s TV show uh, with Bill Cosby and Robert Culp uh, playing. Robert Culp was Kelly Robinson and Bill Cosby played Alexander Scott or Scotty. And so and they kind of did this idea of going undercover uh, as like um tennis bums and did did you ever see the the tv show at all were you even did you even know that this was previously a 1960s tv show no that's the crazy thing the first time i saw this movie i didn't know that and then now when we were doing the rewatch you know obviously looking up more background on the movie saw that this is where it originated and that this was actually a remake of that show so yeah that was new information to me as of this rewatch, which is crazy. Um, I feel like I would have at least heard of it. But it didn't seem like it was that great either. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think that the term tennis bums really translates <laughs> either. So does that mean yeah. they're like yeah. band groupies where they don't actually play tennis professionally? They just follow other tennis players? Uh, yeah. What it, it so... Um... Robinson, played by Robert Culp, was an amateur tennis player, mm. and Scott was his trainer. And that's what they were posing as. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I I think you're right. I don't I, I don't think that this show probably had this the same type of staying power. It didn't really seem to. Obviously, if something like you know, Man from Uncle, where it was on for many seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this was three seasons, so that at that especially at that time period. Not that long when so many of those shows went for so many seasons. And so, yeah, I was I was not aware of the fact that this had been a television show and started until I started doing a little bit of reading there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's crazy to think that, you know, um, at this point, too. Uh, it also seemed to me, you know, you had um, the the A team that came out in 2010 um, and so you've got a lot of these movies, I feel like in the 2000s and beyond that, you know, they started mining old TV series mm -hmm. um, and then creating or updating them um, and, and looking for ways to do something. And so I wanted to ask you then, like and, uh, this movie, of course, you you update it and you're translating it into a film where Wilson is a spy who works for a spy organization. He doesn't work for. Uh, anything we know it's just kind of a made-up spy organization uh, and he needs murphy who is a uh, international boxer and heavyweight champion as cover to get him into a party uh, to, to stop an international arms dealer from selling a stolen u.s fighter with a stealth cloak mm -hmm. uh so I just how, how do you feel like, you know, this kind of translates as a film where I mean, basically you're utilizing this as a way to try and create a new buddy cop film. Um, I think it is Lethal Weapons um, D movie cousin. 
Um, <laughs> like they're, they're trying, um, but you know, not quite there. Um, it's, uh, I think that obviously you get this story that's kind of derivative of other spy movies and then playing on the whole buddy cop thing. Of course, um, they try to turn it on its head a little bit by swapping the character names. So you have, Kelly Robinson now instead being played by Eddie Murphy rather than Robert Culp. Um, and then Scott uh, being played by Owen Wilson um, instead of Bill Cosby. I think that it's, it's kind of a bunch of different plots that they're trying to tie together. And so there's some comedy to it, but also it feels a little bit convoluted. So it's like it's an arms dealer that could be dealing with regular run-of-the-mill stuff, but they had to make it complicated by involving the party aspect as well as the stealth plane. When it could have just been, he's an arms dealer. He doesn't have to also be selling a plane. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because I was thinking through this, you know, as I'm watching the movie and I think you kind of nailed in some ways the idea that this does feel like a D-list version of the type of film that the original Lethal Weapon was. Um, And, but it also, one of the things in in the translation, you know, from a TV show, which I, you know, I did not get a chance to watch any of the episodes of the show to see what it was like, but I, I think the tone of the film was really strange to me in some ways because I couldn't tell if I'm supposed to in any way take any of this seriously or if the entire thing is just supposed to be a spoof mm-hmm. uh, in the same vein as a austin powers was right right and it's it's like is this just supposed to be a ridiculously outlandish comedy or is it a spoof or and and that's the thing i it's like so much of the humor i think really feels like a spoof more than it does necessarily a just a comedy like a buddy cop comedy Mm -hmm. um because so much of this is so silly and yeah i mean there's never a point where anybody's taking anything seriously ever you know um and so i mean even you know good comedies there are serious moments you Mm -hmm. know and so i think that that's one of the things where i just felt like it's almost like to me at least it seemed as though the film wasn't quite sure exactly what it wanted to be, you know? Um, and, and and it felt like in some ways, you know, this was just a setup to allow our two main characters to just kind of like riff on each other. And so I don't know if you, especially in the rewatch here, if you felt like that at all. Yeah. I think you rightly call out the, difference of the movie being confused or you know the the writers being confused about whether they're trying to make it a spoof or not because there are moments that seem to lean into that more 
Austin Powers or scary movie, you know, spoof vibe, like having the character of Carlos in any scene that he's in. You know, it seems like it's a crack at like Steven Seagal or Antonio Banderas. Yes, yes. But then the rest of the movie seems like they take themselves seriously, but they have those comedic moments. So it does go back and forth. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that. You know, I I think it is is kind of a strange thing. And I guess in part of that, you know, as we're talking about it, I, I kind of wonder for you, because this is, you know, whether it's a comedy or some sort of like spoof or whatever, I, that really raises the question for me of whether or not the humor ends up working for you. Because with the fact that the movie can't seem to quite figure out exactly what it wants to be in that sense, then does the humor translate for you and did it work for you at all? You know, the funny thing is, looking back, I feel like when I first saw this movie, I thought it was hilarious. But then also, I'm saying Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I was in either middle school or high school at this point, like right around ninth grade, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And now rewatching it, it's like you suddenly realize, oh, it's not what I thought it was. You know, and Mm -hmm. you have these moments where there are occasional scenes where I still laugh out loud, but the majority of it, it doesn't hold up on the rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because, for example, my husband and I were joking. I wonder if anyone has counted how many times Eddie Murphy says his name in the third person. Right. Yeah. It's so many. And it's like, it's like he's playing himself rather than it being any kind of good acting it's just eddie murphy really leaning into being who he is in a lot of movies um and then kind of the same thing it's like a typical owen wilson um i don't want to say slapstick comedy but like not great comedy way of portraying a character um and the two of them together occasionally have some good um chemistry like the scene in the sewer i actually thought was kind of sweet but the whole rest of the time you just can't take anything seriously i think that there are places where things i i guess it you know in in all honesty the, the places where things work the best are, are most likely the places where they there's something actually funny happening between the two main characters mm-hmm. and Yet at the same time, you know, I think what's what's really interesting ab- about everything is that, you know, I I don't I don't really think that the humor works very often. There are just too many places where things aren't very funny, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, I, I mean, case in point, the scene where. It's just the scene where, you know, Owen Wilson is trying to kind of seduce Famke Jansen's character and, you know, but he's got Eddie Murphy in his ear giving him the lines Mm -hmm. to use. And like the it's just the whole thing was not really very funny and partly because I've seen it done so much better in other films 
And this just felt kind of lazy. And and I think, in all honesty, that's probably the problem I have with most of this movie is that most of it, to me, just feels kind of lazy. There isn't really anything interesting or exciting that happens, you know, off the comedy. You know, I also think of just the 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 movie itself um, and the plot line of it. Like, there is nothing original. There's nothing new. There's nothing mm-hmm. they're adding to anything in this story whatsoever. Everything about it just feels, I would say, completely blasé and in some ways kind of like boring to the point that I think the biggest issue then is the fact that with the buddy cop duo of Owen Wilson and Eddie Murphy, does that keep you interested then in the film at all? Or do you find yourself kind of, you know, getting bored by the film? I would say overall bored at this point. <laughs> um, it, because exactly what you said. I mean, if you think about the, um, any of the jokes down to like the gear thing that they were talking about in the beginning of him, all of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Scotty's, um, gear being 10 times bigger and clunkier than Carlos's gear. I mean, we've seen that a million times in other spy movies. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, having the agent that you, wish you were as cool as or um being the guy who always screws up the mission it's just over right. and over again lazy storytelling mm-hmm. and not even a great joke to begin with right so yeah i mean you're you're left kind of feeling like it's the jokes are not great and also the story itself is very surface level like there aren't even any serious moments to really have like a character driven scene um to have something deeper to like about it it ends up feeling like it's just missing the meat of what would make a comedy a good comedy yeah um i think you're absolutely right and i think part of that is just that neither Owen Wilson's special agent Alex Scott or Eddie Murphy's Kelly Robinson are even that interesting of characters, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, there's just nothing about them that I'm really excited about. And and in all honesty, you know, I think specifically just to kind of speak to Famke Jansen's uh, Rachel Wright, you know, the one kind of interesting thing about her character um, happens to be the fact that instead of liking Carlos, she likes Owen Wilson's character. And the idea of kind of s- somebody seeing the value of a person beyond what's on the outside and looking on the inside, mm-hmm. but also seeing, you know, Alex as being a competent spy and all those type of things. And then, you know, with her character, we turn her into a double, triple, who knows type of agent, you know, just really out for herself. And it kind of ruins her completely as a character and makes her almost completely unimportant to the story because, like, I don't care about her then, you know? Like, I don't I don't have anything drawing me into watching her as a character, which is frustrating. And 
the one storyline that was somewhat interesting and and kind of interest like I, I'm enjoying watching is the idea that you know she sees Agent Scott as somebody that she's attracted to, and again, it's not because of their physical prowess or any of those things. It's because of who they are mm-hmm. um, as a person, and. It's like they kind of stripped away anything about her that that's made her interesting. And it's like, you know, in some ways, too, I just kind of felt like she's just kind of. I hate to say this and maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like every single person in this film was in some ways just kind of phoning it in. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree. I think, like, she obviously has a lot of potential. We've seen her in things like Goldeneye and X-Men. Um so it's weird here than feeling like there's just not much to do. You know that she's a yes. good actress, yes. but also it's what they're given. Um, So I think also maybe that if they're phoning it in, it could be because of the lack of material to work with. You know, they're saying, well, it probably isn't going to do well. Um, It feels very limited as to any story to actually work with so we'll just do what we can to get by um and yeah i agree i think that it sucks that they started down that road of possibly having something deeper between her and uh alex and then have her come out as just using him as a means to an end and that she's been playing everyone all along um defeats that whole moment um, mm-hmm. and I think too, you know, you, you just need something to motivate you to keep watching that is either new or exciting. Um, and it's like everything over and over again, it's like beating a dead horse of just stuff you've seen or heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels very dated. No, I, I think, you know, that you are right on all counts. And, and I think that's the thing that uh, I also feel about, um, you know, Carlos, the agent Carlos character. It's like there's just nothing to this character. And we play whether or not he's some sort of triple secret, you know, double agent, who knows, you know, and it just everything like Owen Wilson makes a whole joke about the thing. It's just everything's gotten really muddy. I just, I, you know, I'm real. It's really muddied right now. I don't, murky. I don't know, you know. And it's just like murky, yeah. <laughs> and I, it's whatever, you know. I can't even remember because it's, it's so blasé. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's just something that is is very frustrating. And and on top of that, I would say, you know, you cast Malcolm McDowell as the villain here of our uh you know arms international arms dealer and literally has zero to do in this film other than to be in a couple of scenes it's like why not utilize somebody who is so magnetic on screen and can chew up scenery with the best of them mm-hmm. why aren't you using this guy to do something yeah i mean and for anybody that may not be familiar with him if you just go and look up Malcolm McDowell list of work. It's insane how much stuff he's oh. done. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So and also what it may have took to pay him 
to do this movie to then not give him anything to do is like bad budgeting. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's it's disappointing because he can be so great that they didn't utilize him more. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just want to say really quick to the point that I was thinking of about this coming across so dated as well. I think that you see that as evidence because I don't know why it was such a thing, but around the early 2000s, do you remember that it was like fire or bad looking CG fire was in everything? Like Triple X came out around this time, Mission Impossible 2 that we usually don't name at all. Um, and, uh, And then this movie, it's all kind of that thread of like, in, in the movie poster, somewhere possibly in the movie, um, and feels very much like an early 2000s mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you pair that I, with these other pieces, yeah. it just feels like, like you said, I guess the best word is blah. Yes. 100%. 100%. Early 2000s well, blah. And, and, <laughs> oh, gosh. So I, I think you really hit on something because the, what you're saying goes straight into the idea of how kind of boring and lazy all the action is in the movie too and how much of it doesn't look great Mm -hmm. um and part of that like you're mentioning here is the way that you know it's bad cgi it's 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 we're not um you know uh putting our best effort into this like it's it's the lowest common denominator everywhere and i think that's kind of the issue with the film is it it just doesn't really feel as though anybody really put their heart and soul into this. And I know it's been said many times in places that nobody goes into a movie wanting to make a bad movie. Mm -hmm. I found this one to be one that challenged that preconception (laughs) that nobody wants to make a bad movie because I couldn't see anything of real redeeming value in this film. I, I just, I guess I, I don't know. Is is there anything that that maybe that's a good question? Was there anything in this movie, especially here in the rewatch? You know, as you mentioned, you you were a child before, and and when you were watching this, and now you're not. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that you found that you really enjoyed about this at all? I think that more than anything, it was just that I've always been really into spy movies, and that memory of seeing a spy movie with my dad is something that's near and dear to my heart. And there was something here that my dad liked. I'm guessing it was just Famica Jensen being pretty. Um, but, you know, I think that's why. I mean, which, you know, of course, it's not bad. Yeah. She's definitely that. Yeah, she, you know, holds up that part of the deal. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I'm looking at it going... What did we find appealing about this? Or did we actually, or was it just more about spending time together watching a spy movie, trying to give it a chance, and it wasn't that great? Um, mm-hmm. And I do want to add, too, the uh, the screenwriting duo responsible for the story was Cormac and Marianne Wibberley. And if you look at some of the other things that they've done, it's not like they've only ever made garbage. They did also write Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Uh, Bad Boys 2. Interesting. So they definitely have a type of film. Uh-huh. And they only did much okay. work between like 2000 to 2009. Hmm. 
Um, but yeah, Bad Boys 2, I, th- I would say, is the best one that they've done um, out of this list. They also did The Sixth Day with Schwarzenegger. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, okay, so talking about that, I, I can see then, you know, the... The common threads. The, the thought process then, the common threads mm-hmm. of what they kind of do. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So, well, this isn't a, a, a going to be a long podcast. And <laughs> so I guess I'm really interested to see um, what did you end up thinking for a rating then of I Spy? So I had to come back and eat my words for making you watch this. I think more than anything, <laughs> I just wanted to see what somebody else would think. But That's uh, on record, folks. Yeah. That's on record. <laughs> <laughs> I did drag you into this. I admit it. <laughs> um, this movie actually lost money. I just want everybody to know. Uh, it made $60 million, Or I'm sorry, it cost them $60 million and it made like 30 So... Uh, it was also the third flop Eddie Murphy had in the same year. Um, so it just doesn't have anything great to make it watchable. Um, if you just want to see bad jokes and see Famica Jansen, then sure. But ultimately, it's just derivative of everything else and then doesn't have something exciting to keep you around for. So I put it in the bin with the other D movies from the early 2000s um, that probably should have been straight to video (laughs) Um, and give it one star out of five because I just, I think, you know, there's occasional things that are kind of funny, but I still think the best scene from the whole movie was when they figured out how to back the car off of the car carrier and cause an explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then maybe the scene in the sewer. And that's about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm right there with you. In fact, you know, <laughs> I went back to look actually what I had rated this uh, when I watched it and I gave it a one and a half and I don't really know what I was thinking. What was the half um, for? As we were talking. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I got to give this a half star. Um, it's, it's a terrible film it, in every way. Like there's, there's legit. And, and this is very, I mean, there's almost nothing I like about it. Like even the pretty girl. It, I just, there's yeah i mean goodness um this this whole thing just really doesn't hold together and i just don't think it's a well-made film it's not a well-conceived film there's just nothing about it that i like and so yeah i really you know i I, it's fun i I, you you mentioned this you're like hey let's do this and i was like okay you know i've made you do plenty of things so (laughs) you know i i'm i'm willing to 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 be there for a friend um but uh yeah it just it it, this is one of those films, like you were kind of mentioning, you know, Eddie Murphy had three flops in the year, that year, and, and this one, you know, just nothing about it really comes together. Um, and I and I do think, it, you know, there's a clear difference between films that are really well thought out and really well done and, and then films that aren't. Uh, and so I this is just one of those movies where it's just not really well done. 
Um, and so, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And but hopefully, uh, we'll have better things coming up here as we look towards the end of 2023. But Christy, if people did want to catch up with you and see what else you've got going on, where would they find you? Well, uh, if you also want to see me talk about other movies that actually are so bad that they're hilarious, like Return of the Killer Tomatoes, for example, um, you can find me on Instagram, X, and Letterboxd at Bespin Bell. I'll put this on the Letterboxd. I need to actually update that. Um, And then if you want to hear a finished podcast I did with my friends Amanda and Teresa called Sabres and Spells, you can check that out on the Skywalking Through Neverland Network. And what about you? Well, you could find me all over social media. Uh, Just search for the name Matt Brushingsfield, too. If I'm there, you'll find me. Uh, And you can follow me. would love to interact with you there. You can find me here on the network outside the 602 Club with Literary Treks, The Orb, Warp 5, Artificial Tango, and Saddle Up. Uh, and then you can also find me over on the Nerd Party Network with one show that's completed called Owl Post with Dre Kaufman as we talk through every single chapter of the Harry Potter series. And then Aggressive Negotiations with John Mills as we talk about Star Wars each and every week. But thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? Thank you.